0: We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse
1: my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences.
0: That's the way it works. Don't worry. We'll catch our break, too.
1: gotta keep our eyes open hello welcome to looks like we're lost episode number 28 if i'm counting correctly i'm dustin radazel and joining me is a man wealthy enough to drink topo chico it's tommy cooksy
2: gosh i don't what am I doing on this podcast? I'm so rich, bro. Like, um, I don't even recycle them; just right in the trash with them. <laughs> but I, you know, it's it's fitting. I actually have one right here for people that that obviously we don't do the video of this. Um, but the twist of lime is is delightful. The regular one's good too, but the twist of lime is really nice.
1: I've never had one.
2: Oh man, it they. Look, you, I, I almost w- don't want to tell you to get one because any other, like, seltzer or mineral water will
1: just we're just gonna start tasting like urinal cakes. Guys, we do have a guest today. His name is Ryan Varga. He is the first repeat guest of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast, and he recently experienced what it's like to have the sex appeal of Burt Reynolds.
0: <laughs> Ryan, it's good to have you on. Thanks for having me back on. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Forgot about that guy. <laughs> Mustache-free. Yeah, did you ever yeah. see Horrible Bosses? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's probably not the right movie. I just know it's a Jason Sudeikis <laughs> thing where he talks about he's bringing back the mustache because he is targeting a slightly older demographic, women who were young in the 70s, a time <laughs> when the mustache was king. And just seeing him with a mustache on his face will give them, like, revertigo to what was sexy in their youth. <laughs> He's like, trust me, man, this is going to be gangbusters.
2: It, it was, was big. It Tom was, Selleck. Yeah. yeah, Tom Selleck. All, all
0: the heartthrobs. I mean, my dad had one, like, all through my childhood. And I feel like in his, um, or maybe at least in, like, the 60s or something, if you had a mustache in high school, you were, like, the man. And now if you have one, you it's just, like, I mean, actually, it's coming back like now, like, but like, like, not, like, as in like 2020, 2020, or 2020, 2021 ish. But, um, I feel like, like, his generation, if you had one, you were like, I mean, you were good to go. You're, you're the man.
2: Yeah. You always had that well, one friend that could, that could just really grow some thick peach fuzz. And it was like, that's a lot of coverage. That's a lot of
1: coverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the mustache is still kind of a joke, I feel like, with, at least in American culture. Like, it would be hard to be serious in corporate America with a mustache, right? At least if you're our age. Yeah,
2: maybe Maybe if you're in corporate America in, like, Texas or Arizona.
1: Yeah. Throw on some, some okay. light-colored denim. Bolo tie. You're walking into the meeting with some... With some boots on, shout out to Sandy Roberts. The boots are for closing. Great call. I do respect a good, uh, a good regimen, a good routine. I get it. Like I always like, I always like putting on some uh, shoes specific for the moment. I just got into a basketball league, joined the Y, had our first game last Sunday. One and zero, no big deal. And put on a pair of LeBron Witness Fours, brand new. Ooh. felt great. Performance was on was on fleek. Are we still saying that? On no, fleek?
2: no one's saying that. It's super, super. <laughs> it's super choogy. Um, I, I can I can feel you on that because so like today, I did my one mile run, and Sawnet. I did it I did it in my running shoes. And then I changed into shoes for squats and then I changed back into my running shoes. Terribly inefficient, super diva. But uh it's something like, you know, when you have the right shoes on, you're
1: there for the moment. 100%. Yeah. So, I'll steer into our topic. Varga, I saw you were a little choppy there. Are you with us? Yeah. Can you hear okay, me? Things
0: good. Thing sound I can good. Still hear
1: you. Yep.
0: Dustin, I can hear you yeah. well. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah you real well grammatically
0: nice. well I got this mic so close to my face
1: man what do you want to talk about first the impending death of independent Ryan or mm. <laughs> do you want to talk about HRV the confounding health metric that Tommy and I know nothing about
0: it's up to you guys I mean I'm down to talk about whatever um you know, lots going on right let's now. Let's do heart rate variability. Awesome. Yeah. What do to, you want to, to know frame
2: about? Frame it. Yeah. To frame it, let's let's just uh, so w- previous um, recommendations. So, Dust, Dusty and I have recently joined the Apple Watch uh, party, and I definitely love it more than I thought I was going to love it, and I kind of hate that, um, especially since I, I really clinged on to a, a blog post I wrote like seven years ago that was. Something titled "A Watch Should Do Nothing But Tell Time," (laughs) and uh, I've really, really, and a phone should do
0: nothing but make phone calls.
2: I know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's a computer? Use the encyclopedia, but uh, but I've really found it helpful to kind of just see how I'm progressing throughout the day, just from like various health metrics and physical activity. And thanks to another guest of the pod, uh, Quint Coward, we we've both. Downloaded this app called Chipper C H I P R, which sort of consolidates a lot of the more what well, tracks tracks sleep, which I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on on tracking sleep um and, and how accurate or valuable, etc. Uh it it pinpoints uh HRV. And one of the cool things I like is it also will like if you do a workout, if you do a run, it'll track your heart rate zones. But anyway, mm. so you know we're we're in this mode of, and to follow on from this, as I hijack this whole conversation and tell you guys everything about my life, I listened to the um, the Rich Roll podcast with um, to Doctor Walker, sleep the sleep doctor Matthew Walker and Matthew Walker, and it's basically verbatim the same thing he said on Joe Rogan, <laughs> like the guy's got a solid talk track, yeah.
0: um,
2: But but it makes me that much more convinced that sleep is like the number one superpower that we have as living beings. So, anyway, I'm really interested because I know you've you've been into this longer than a lot of people as far as like tracking metrics and optimizing your you know, your sleep and your recovery and so forth. So, anyway, all of that to say, I think you use something different than like an Apple Watch, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you use.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> I use the Aura Ring. <clears throat> which I think is an accurate uh, device because it, it's a ring that goes on your fingers. So it's directly measuring your pulse. Um, I try to wear it now at this point, just at night when I'm sleeping. I used to wear it all day, but I think the goal is to eventually not wear any uh, trackable devices or measurable devices. Um, I want to know what affects how I sleep and how I perform and then not have to wear any of them. I don't, I don't wear an Apple watch. Uh, I don't um, check my steps or anything like that. Um, but I use an aura ring and one of the markers on the aura ring is HRV or heart rate variability. And ever since I got the aura ring, my HRV was low. Um, I did everything I could to perfect- Maybe
2: explain what our HRV is. Cause if anyone's listening and they're like HRV, that oh, yeah. sounds like, uh, that for sounds sure. like the, the surf brand W. Yeah, no,
0: I, I was going to get into that. I, I, okay. I was going to so, so I, I was doing everything I could to perfect my sleep. The whole reason I got the aura ring was perfect my sleep. Um, I've always big, been big into health and fitness, but once I found out I had both variants for late onset Alzheimer's disease, I started going down the rabbit hole of whatever I could do to prevent that. Um, Basically controlling what I can control and what I can't control, not worrying about it. Um, and as you said, sleep is literally the biggest factor. Um, so I got the ring mainly to track my sleep. And one of the measurements on the ring is HRV, which I had no clue really what that was. Um, so I started noticing like that it was it was always just really low, and I was like, oh, maybe that's just like I'm stressed out or something. Hello, are we talking? Um, so. I think I was in like, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, I mean, I think it was in high 20s or, or yeah, high 20s, sometimes low 20s, um, okay, that is 30s, low. yeah. And so I, I was trying to figure out what this was. And I, I think um, I started listening to some podcasts and heard Tim Ferriss or a couple others talk about it, but heart rate variability is essentially the oscillations between your heartbeats. Um, We'd like to think that when our heart beats, there's an even space between each beat, but that's not the case. Um, There, it varies depending on how stressed out you are, how well you've recovered, and um, kind of how your immune system's doing. So HRV is essentially a measurement um, of, how well your body's handling stress, how how well you're recovering. And it takes into account your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system. Your sympathetic nervous system is kind of like your fight or flight. It's what kind of kicks in whenever you're stressed. And your parasympathetic nervous system is kind of like the break. It's kind of what calms you down, kind of eases off the stress. And those together make up your autonomous nervous system. Um, a low heart rate variability score is essentially means like your foot is on the gas and you are rarely hitting that break to ease off the gas and activate more of your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and HRV training has been around forever. It's, it's not something that's brand new. Elite athletes have been using it for a long time. High performing executives and people in the business world have been using it for a long time. Um, and so a way it's very
1: weird that i never heard of it earlier then <laughs> you, <laughs> Considering are, are you are are you saying you're things you're a professional mm.
0: athlete I <laughs> get what you're saying college um, athlete that's for sure <laughs> whew, almost made it we can stick with the adjective elite elite we'll just say we're yeah we're just we'll just call it elite um mm-hmm. but yeah and so it a way that you can activate that parasympathetic nervous system. To bring more of your system in balance is through doing breathing exercises. And so I started reading this audiobook um, or listening to this audiobook uh, called Heart, Breath, Mind. It's by a woman named Leah Lagos. And I downloaded the app, um, it's an elite HRV breathing app and it's free. And I started following her 10 week program doing these breathing exercises. Um, And I personally didn't think that it would have that big of an effect because it was just breathing exercises and it sounded pretty simple. Um, But I started noticing effects pretty immediately, like within the first two or three weeks, um, I started noticing a profound physical shift. And so I think that, you know, a lot of times rather than, uh, trying to activate our parasympathetic par- parasympathetic nervous system by either, um, you know, uh, doing things like, like talking or doing things like listening to certain things. If you, you can do it physiologically to kind of improve, um, your day to day and improve your, your heart rate variability. Um, saw, saw the score on the ordering start to go up and, um, you know, more importantly started to feel a lot better. Uh, the score in the ring was just like, um, you know, just validating how I was feeling pretty much, which was a lot better. Um, so yeah, it, it's been awesome what, though. What uh,
1: what what are these exercises like? I I
0: just pulled up the app. Great reviews. Uh, yeah. So essentially, elite HRV. Yeah. It's it's elite HRV, and I also got the um pulse reader is basically you you put your finger in a little device and it takes your your heart rates it's kind of like just like a pulse oximeter and i'll do that a few times a week to see what my hrv is before i start doing the breathing exercises um it's it's a lot what she recommends it's 20 minutes in the morning 20 minutes in the evening i've just replaced my morning meditation with the breathing exercise and for the evening i just do it right after i do a workout. Um, So it doesn't seem like it's that much, much extra work. And after the 10 weeks are over, um, I'm just going to go back to doing uh, what I normally do and then just kind of have this like as another tool in the toolkit. But the app is essentially you you can follow along her 10 week program. um, But the breathing exercises are 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. And you essentially want to find your resonance breathing um, which is for most people, it's four seconds in through the nose and then six seconds out through the exhale. So it sounds honestly pretty basic, pretty simple. Um, but once you start going through the program, she has you taking some of these daily stressors from your life and breathing in you know, the feelings or situations you want to have happen and then breathing out those stressors. And as you go through the program even deeper, she starts going into things like um, you know, either some traumas from your childhood or things maybe uh she, she calls them like um unfinished loops or unfinished cycles. Mm. So basically things that your body took on whenever you had a stressful event that you didn't fully uh let it cycle through and and leave your body. Um That's pretty wild, we- dude. I
2: yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I actually just um so in, in therapy, um, we tried out this thing called EMDR. I don't know what the mm-hmm. acronym means. I'll, I'll look it up and, and shout it out. I, I, but I did it. And at first it sounded like some kind of voodoo. I was like, this is going to be really weird. But basically you're it's the, it's a similar concept where if you have like an unprocessed event from your childhood. It doesn't need to be from your childhood. It could be from any time. And it doesn't have to be super traumatic. But if it, if it impacted you and you can still – and I, I had this event from like – When I was like eight, I was like, yeah, I can remember a lot of the details. And so while you're recalling this event, you kind of close, you have your eyes closed, you're breathing. I think inherently I was breathing slower and you're doing this bilateral stimulation where you're like essentially emulating like REM sleep and your body, your brain is processing it. I don't went on some wild rides with this. I was talking about stuff and I'm like, I don't know how these ended up being connected. And then at the end of it, it was like, oh, now I've resolved that memory and I can actually think about it in a more fond way. But I realized that I had never actually processed why I had all these emotions and and how it built into the rest of my life. So it kind of sounds similar in, in terms of that, only it was guided in case I went way off the rails and I was like uncontrollably sobbing and caught in an anxious loop. But uh,
0: right. Yeah, no, I, I think um, and there, there's a there's another book on this, which the title kind of Explains it all. It's called "The Body Keeps Score" or "Body Keeps the Score." Yeah, um, yeah I'm, and i am about yeah. It's a hard book to read. There's a lot yeah. of
2: stuff in that book. It's deep.
0: There is, yeah, and I think once you kind of just understand, I, I, I didn't, I never finished the book. Candidly, I, I, I thought I thought I've mainly got the talking point, and then you know, you you understand that the body keeps a score, and then you're kind of left with the work to do. So once you understand that that is a thing then you still have to go and and maybe do some of that work. But, um, I think I'm starting to believe that a lot more, you know, I I think, um, just processing some things, you, you feel physically lighter, which is kind of crazy to say, but you, you can tell there were things you were holding on to that, um, weren't just emotionally. You can almost feel, uh, it's almost like you're carrying around a few dumbbells in your, in your backpack and, you're like, oh, I don't need these anymore. Like, let me let me uh, set these to the side. Um, well, don't
2: they say that like the um, the hormones that are triggered or the whatever the 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 parts of the brain that are triggered when you're physically punched in the stomach, and if like someone like breaks you, breaks up with you and your gut is just wrenched, the mm. but the brain processes it the exact same way. So f- physical pain and emotional pain are both physical pain.
0: Yeah, I've I've even fact checked me of on our... that, but yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like um like when like when Michael Singer he talks about some of this stuff where if someone says or does something or an event happens that just like triggers you like completely like pisses you off, um, and where if it were to happen to someone else they can kind of just brush it off and be like yeah I don't know it's whatever, um it's hitting your stuff it's hitting your your blocked stuff that never got cycled through, and um, whatever happened you know say like someone said something to you or dropped like a fire drill on your plate um it's maybe um hitting some of that stuff that got blocked from previous things that happened in your life where for some reason you know someone else that got hit with the same thing would be like yeah okay figure it out like um or they'll just laugh it off and shrug it off and you know you always admire those people you're like how are you just so chill about all this like um i feel convicted (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think that's this awesome is though.
1: kind of interesting on the... Because I think this is why the HRV thing concerned me. And uh, mine has been low. It wasn't Ryan Varga low, but I think what I'm going to say, like it kind of makes sense. I felt like I, over the last few years, have taken fastidious steps to cover all my bases, like create real stability in my life, not just like, well, I I have a lot of things going on for me, so things are pretty going pretty well, but like I felt like I had addressed my emotional stuff, really understood like the nature of like confidence and self awareness. I felt like I had gotten my physical stuff in line, like my sleep, my exercise and i felt like i was really starting to roll in terms of like parenting and my work it's like okay i'm i've got everything together and i'm i'm doing great and then here comes this this metric i hadn't really paid attention before that is about my nervous system and something that i didn't have an obvious way to tend to and it's like I'm seeing the, the high averages for people my age and all my other metrics, right? Like resting heart rate, blood pressure, like how fast can you run a mile? What's your income? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay. But then here's this metric and I am on the low end, right? It's like, what is going on? And I think that very thing that is getting me really serious about having everything else locked down is having like a very subtle effect on me like a stress and a pressure Mm. that i'm probably not processing completely right wonder if you're just keeping
2: such it you're like everything's in. you're like holding it all together like you're white knuckling everything which is then having a negative impact on important health factors
1: Right. And doesn't this make sense, Tommy, with me just feeling like I needed to let go of the mirror for a little bit? Yeah, totally. Like, I'm, I'm feeling something here, and I don't, I don't, like, look, I'm taking a leap. I, I said candidly at the beginning of this, I don't really understand heart rate variability. But um, there is definitely something that is happening beneath the surface that I don't have perfect, a perfect handle on. And this is kind of funny. Uh, tell me if you guys can see this, um, and I'll explain too. So this is my it. heart rate variability yeah. average. That's good.
0: So, or I see it jumped.
1: Well, this is exactly this is what's funny. It has been right around like forty-five to fifty-five on average. Well, it actually probably dips lower than that. Yeah, forty-five to fifty-five. The average is about fifty-two over the last three months. And then today, the very day we're talking about this, the highest number I've ever had at 164 milliseconds on my variance. Would you do different? So that's I have no idea. (laughs) I have no clue. I don't have a practice, right? That's the thing. Like it's just like right now, I'm just getting a lot of baseline data, but I'm not doing anything to try to control it. So I don't know. It's there's something going on there, and I haven't incorporated it before, but I'm trying to figure out, like, what to do with it. I get what you're saying. And I, I've gotten away from any sort of, like, meditation, yoga. I've, I've only recently taken to trying to breathe correctly. Uh, yeah. You know, I did some Zone 2 training for, like, the first time in a month yesterday really focused on my, my nose
0: breathing the whole time through yeah.
1: it. I don't know. <laughs> Might've had something to do with it.
0: It could be it. Yeah. I mean, if you were doing especially like diaphragm, diaphragmatic, or if you're breathing through diaphragm, strengthening that, that apparently has a big uh, effect as well. Um, it, I think honestly it's just the more you're activating that parasympathetic nervous system, because I know, you know, exercise too can be a stresser stressor especially too much of it too much inflammation. Um, this could even lead into the next topic, but I, as you know, I just went on my bachelor party. Um, I didn't get a ton of sleep at all, um, but I was in the sun every day. I was eating tacos with my best friends. I came home and my heart rate variability was 70. The, the, when I got home, um, because Impressive. I had, that. and I, I actually, I had ran a little bit while I was there, me and a buddy ran, uh, three miles, a couple days in a row on the beach and, you know, did like cold plunge in the Pacific ocean, but I mean, it wasn't like freezing, but it was, it was pretty cold. Yeah. is uh, cold. Notoriously. It, it's kind of one of those things that it's like, um, I don't know. It I think removed just the
2: stressors from your life. Like it right. was like
0: right, you, just be, you, you were being, you were just being, yeah, I was just, uh, I mean, yeah, the whole, there, the whole, f- there was no focus. The focus was like, what do you guys want to do next? Um, yeah. and I think, you know, and I've definitely been in the situation where, uh, I get so wrapped up in my health metrics, it becomes unhealthy or it becomes, I have to journal and I have to meditate and have to do this two hour long routine. And it's like, then it become, then it defeats the purpose of why I'm even doing it. Um, and I've even started doing that with a ton of, you know, books and stuff. I'll get like halfway through the book. I'm like, I don't want to read this anymore. I was reading Blue Ocean Strategy. I mean, it, sorry who anybody's like loves that book. Cause it was, it was, it was like, it's a good book. And then got a chapter through it. I'm like, I don't want to read this. <laughs> that, yeah. I, and then I, pet, I picked up Seth Rogen's book and started reading that instead, which is hilarious. Oh, is that... a... Quick, quick sidebar. It. It's really funny. Seth Rogen I really think has you a, would like it.
2: Seth Rogen has a movie on uh, HBO about like a 1900s Jewish uh, pickle maker. American that, pickle? American pickle. I, I watched it on, on the flight. How
1: do I know that, Tommy?
2: I didn't recommend it. Because it wasn't that good, <laughs> but it was pretty. It was it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Sorry, quick sidebar there. Yeah, I dude, I, I, can shout, I can definitely. I shout out to Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen fan of, fan of the pod, maybe. Um, his book's but We uh, what's what's his book called?
0: Uh, Yearbook, and it's just it's just a collection of short stories. So you can you know read one, then put it down. Oh yeah, um, I like that. I was. I was laughing out loud at one story. I won't give any of it away, but I was laughing out loud at a story I was reading last night. Um I recommend it. Might, it's have, funny.
2: To, might have to add it cuz I I'm I'm embracing more of the dusty mentality like I don't know about you guys, but like I I love so I love books like I about to say books on tape like I'm 90 years old, but audiobooks. <laughs> but but they've also because because of the Libby rental policy, I have it for 14 days. So I'm like Plunge, I'm like driving through them. Like, I gotta get you all crush this. them, but then I'm like, I miss not on podcasts. Like, I'm I'm I got such a backlog on people I want to listen to on podcasts. Um, but taking in like the more intellectual stuff in an audio way is easier for me, but I need something like that I can read before bed. That's just you know, maybe it's a novel, I'm not really a novel. Sorry, Dusty. I'm not a novel. guy. I'll buy mm. your novel when it comes out for sure.
0: He didn't say it like, He said he buy it.
2: <laughs> I said I'd buy it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it's a capitalist society, baby. You just want me to buy it. You don't care if I you don't care if I set it on fire.
1: No, man. Just <laughs> actually, uh, make up a make up a kind review and pay me the money. Yeah. Exactly. You don't actually need to exactly. get the benefit.
2: Um, but anyway, all, all of this tends. To, I I'm, I'm, I wrote that book down, but. Uh, i'm with you on the tracking stuff because so two things you said one i'm getting to a point where i don't want to wear my watch at night anymore because at this point now i know what it feels like and this is going to sound stupid because it's going to sound a little bit intuitive but once you've tracked it you kind of know but like i know when i've had a good night's sleep and i know when i haven't um Mm -hmm. and i can tell that like as soon as i open my eyes i'm like yeah i you know usually it's like when you go take like a take a leak at like two a m and you can barely open your eyes <laughs> and you're like i'm just I'm trying to get back in bed before I lose that sleep <laughs> like uh you know those are the good nights but uh but I find myself i wake up and I reach for my phone to check the app and then I take mm-hmm. my phone and i do i've actually been i've meditated seven days in a row which is the most I've ever done nice. but like it it's completely in conflict with something i saw ryan holiday say where he doesn't touch his phone for the first hour and i'm like i like that practice too because once it's in my pocket i mean you know i'm like oh let's just check what's going on you know all my colleagues are in europe so i'm like let's just check what's going on so i get a jump start on the day yeah and so it's like this conflicting world where but if i don't do that stuff first thing in the morning before the kids get up it's not getting done because the day will just start raining down. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a healthy relationship to have to have with it. Because it could become a stressor. It could become the very thing. Like people that track their macros, you know, to be to have more flexibility in their diet, end up building in zero flexibility and just living and dying by their macro metrics. You know. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, I don't know. And everyone's different too. I think. I think it's important to not completely ignore um you know how you feel uh and only pay attention to metrics but I think you know there's also a time and place for metrics but um I think yeah I don't know it's it's um strengthening that I think I think using using the tools and the metrics so that you know and have a general idea But taking that into account with how, how do you actually feel? Um, Because no one can, can tell you, no one knows better than you actually do. Right. Um, And, you know, sometimes, you know, your metric might say that, you know, you, you like crushing it, but you might feel like shit. And, you know, you know that you really just need to like, I don't know, maybe it's like go hang out with some friends outside or something instead of like, you know, pounding, pounding away at the gym or maybe personally, my, you know, myself going to the gym and maybe just rock climbing instead of like trying to do this heavy, um, uh, set or, or, uh, thing that I had that I was originally going to do one because rock climbing is just more fun to me. And also, um, the point is to, is to move. It's not to, um, be a slave, I guess, to my, uh, r- routine or, um, uh, the metrics that I have set for myself because I'm I'm totally guilty of that. Here's what I'll say in defense of metrics. Um, I think the
1: most difficult aspect of nearly anything is to know what you don't know. And I think for the most part, when we talk about metrics, whether it's your heart rate or your heart rate variability. Or, uh, you know, even, even the different percentages of, am I in deep sleep? Am I in REM sleep? You know, is it shallow sleep? Uh, even something about thinking about like, how long is the optimal breath and like what, what sort of inhale exhale pattern works best for you? I think that those are not. Necessarily intuitive things. They're not easy to see. They're not easy to feel. And by becoming curious about the metric, you become curious about your own approach to your life. So similar to what you're saying about like going to the gym, like you don't need to go do squats for the third time this week. You know, you need to go for like a long run or maybe it's just like, time to sit in the sauna after doing some yoga, right? Like, I think it opens up your life more to be curious about new metrics. And I'm just guessing, but I'll bet the majority of people out there don't subscribe to that many health metrics. And we're probably a little bit in the minority to be saying... Eh, I'm getting a little too into the metrics here. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think totally. you guys both. I think agree. you
2: guys both made a good point too. And um, this is just something coming from a dude to a couple of dudes, and then the dudes that listen and women. Thanks for describing the podcast, <laughs> the Lost Boys, the Lost Dudes. Uh, is there's a lot to be said to about just being. And I think as, as guys, we oftentimes deny like guy time because it seems, especially once you have kids and when you're married, frivolous. Yeah. It feels, it feels, it feels selfish, right? It feels like, and this depends on how, you know, your parents, how you were raised, but you know, my dad didn't really hang out with a bunch of guys, like, you know, and it was like, well, you hang out with your family. Why did you get married and have kids? Um, and you know, as you begin, as you begin to realize, well, hey, sometimes I just need two hours to just, you know, yuck it up with some friends, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. have a coffee, have some beer, whatever. Um, I think I undervalued that for most of my adult life to a point where it takes me a lot. Cost of action is high, Dusty. It takes me it's a high. lot to schedule like schedule something with my guy friends it just is it's just one of those things where i'm like well i have to put in the effort it's like i gotta set time and you know so anyway all that to say to i think i think like annie's really good about it a couple times a month and i'm like guy, envy that because i not because so she's shy. going out but just because she's she's so good about doing it and I think women generally are better about that. And I don't want to be super stereotypical, but I think they—they they are. And as guys were, I'm gonna go it alone. I'm going it alone because gotta hit another rep in the gym. And it's like, no, like mandates are actually a really healthy and good thing. And so anyway, I'm giving. I people would like permission. to comment
1: on this. Yes, because it resonates loudly with me. Yeah. I I don't know how it happened, but along the way of like gaining control of my life, I did this, this podcast here is probably the most, it's, it's the most reliable hang out with a guy thing I have. I, I don't have anything else that I would say happens regularly. The, the first, thing I have done it definitely since COVID, so well over a year, but it was long before that, is I played my first Y League basketball game with some buddies on Sunday. And the game was awesome. I had a great time. And like for two or three hours after that, I barely got any sleep the night before. I was in bed at midnight. And that's like that for parents, that's like seeing the sunrise. Yeah. It is. (laughs) So So I should have been exhausted, but even for like two, three hours after the game, I felt like I was, like I was on a high, like I was just jacked up. I felt fantastic. And it just like, you know, for so much of my life, that was a huge part of the way I hung out with guys. I could even feel like an aspect of my personality, like the competition, like slapping fives and like, you know, talking a little trash to each other, like. A piece of me that I haven't got to use very often come back in that like male arena, and I hadn't even to my point about you don't know what you don't know, I hadn't even thought that was something that I missed. I thought like no, I've made my choices this is what this is how I spend my time now and I guess you just saying that makes me feel, like, more sure than ever because I I did just feel, like, I felt tired and stressed before, and part of it's the exercise, but part of it's that other thing, and it just felt really good to take some time for myself to hang out with my friends and do something I love. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. I but, mean, I yeah, marriage I is great. <laughs> no, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> You, know, that,
2: you should keep going for it, Ryan. I mean that that's the that's the thing, is I think so you far know, along and, at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean as as guys, you know, you're you're almost like it's like ingrained, you're like okay, you gotta be the lone wolf. Like you, you gotta have it all together, you can you can handle it. And it's like Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I'm the same way, Dusty. Like after you know, even after these podcasts, just having some like stimulating conversation and, and um I'm probably not going to sleep as good tonight. My HR or my HR is going to be terrible tomorrow. My recovery is gonna be terrible. Cause I'm always pumped after these. Like I always enjoy the conversations. So
0: um, or maybe it'll be great. Cause you're the conversation's So good.
2: I mean, dude, I can, I can honestly say, and I don't know, I'm just going to say this and see if people that are, uh, that are listening are doing the same thing. But as you're talking about breathing, I'm over here, like counting my breath. <laughs> like I'm like, hey, just <laughs> yes. taking these deep. I'm making sure it's in my diaphragm. It's I'm not expanding my chest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, breathe I, I didn't the hear belly. like the, <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear like the next two sentences he said because I was counting. I was like, yeah, One, yeah, two, <laughs> um,
2: something. If if we can take a turn to something else that I think that I'm recently more interested in, just because, well, just candidly, I found a free app to do it, and it wasn't Headspace because I love Headspace, but I it, once I listened to the guy for like three weeks. I'm starting to. It's doing the opposite of like meditating because I'm. I know what his next word's going to be, so I can't stop focusing on that. Uh, but there's this thing called Insight Timer, hmm. and it's free, and it's just a collection of a bunch of different types of meditations. Um, oh sweet! And I'm starting small. Like I can commit to like five to eight minutes in the morning. Um, and and I've really had some some you know some days are better than others. Just like you know, working out or your day at work, whatever. But I've definitely had some moments where I'm doing it, and I just get this thought, and it's the, almost this like, you know, that feeling you would get on like, um, like the night before, you know, night before Christmas, and you're like, as a kid, and you're super pumped, and it's just like you can almost feel like the, the joy all through like your chest and your stomach. I've had moments where I'm like doing these like uh, mindfulness and gratitude meditations, and all of a sudden I have that feeling, and it's super cool. Um, but i'm interested to hear because i know you're you've been about it for a long time and it's been a part of your practice so i'm interested to see hear how you do it what your um sort of benefits maybe you think you've you've gotten from it over all these years of doing it
0: yeah for sure i um i i think i got into it like i don't know at some point in college maybe when i got into yoga i i'd read a little bit about it and and was interested in it but Um, It was one of those things where it was still very like Eastern philosophy and hadn't really made its way to the States yet. So there wasn't really like someone you can go talk to or a class you could take or an app or even like a book really. Um, You could, I don't know, like just learn more about it. But in, I think it was 2000 and I don't know, maybe like 14 or or so, um, I took I did, I did headspace for a while and I did calm and did some of those apps. And I had always heard about transcendental meditation. Um, so that's, you know, the one that like David Lynch practices, one that the Beatles practiced for the longest time. And it's a mantra based meditation and you have to pay a fee and it's a two or three day course um, where you, you get this personalized mantra and you're not supposed to tell anybody your mantra and you re- you sit down to meditate twice a day and you repeat this mantra twice a day when you meditate. Um, I still have never told anybody my mantra, even though I think that is kind of, I don't think it would take away the benefits of the meditation. Um, it's just one of those things where I've been doing it for so long, I just don't, I, I haven't told anybody what it is, but I think you can like go look them up on the internet and you can find it based on like what your birthday is or something like that. Um, so I started doing transcendental meditation and I was doing it maybe I was doing it twice a day for a long time. And then I eventually started doing it, um, once a day and, uh, I've tried all of Sam Harris's stuff too. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his app. Wake, waking up. He has a good, what are, on, what
2: are the, I don't know anything about, tra- I, I heard Russell brand mention it on a podcast. What is transcendental? I mean, it sounds super like, here's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm imagining myself sitting down and I'm imagining myself hovering over myself, looking at myself sitting down. Like, that's what I'm thinking of when I hear transcendental. So maybe, what, what, like, what is it? How is it different than just like meditation besides, you know, I guess the mantra and stuff like that?
0: I, I think it's just a different form of meditation, I think because of its popularity and because that it was one of the first ones to maybe become big here in in Western culture from the East. Um, there is a little bit of like religious, like stuff behind it, but I kind of just like push that aside and just wanted to get the benefits of meditation. Um, but it is essentially you sit down and for 20 minutes, you repeat this mantra in your head over and over again. And eventually after you repeat this mantra and you're focusing on only that, and instead of your thoughts, you eventually get to this place where. Um, you know, the clouds kind of clear in your head. Um, and the goal isn't necessarily to get rid of all your thoughts because I don't, I don't necessarily think that's possible. It's to strengthen that muscle of whenever you do notice a thought come popping in your head, um, letting it pass by, or it's strengthening that muscle of the space between a stimulus and then your response. So that, Meditation kind of helps you strengthen that muscle, so that in your daily life you can. I it's guess it feels like it's feel rewiring
2: your, like rewiring how you. It's almost like rewiring the almost the fight or flight or the or the instinctive reaction to things in some. Yeah. way. Yeah,
0: I think it's a lot of that, and of course there are a lot of other benefits. You know, like the the physical stuff where it's like better sleep, you feel better physically, you're more calm you're more at peace. But I think it is because you are giving yourself more space between stimulus and response. And you never get to be like a perfect meditator. It's just like working out. It's it's a practice. Um, like you're literally practicing, noticing your thoughts. And you eventually get to a place where you realize, you know, your thoughts aren't yours. They just kind of pop in your head and you don't really know where they come from. And I think Sam Harris does a good job of articulating this but knowing that your thoughts aren't yours helps you separate yourself from them and your emotions so that you're not so attached um, so that you can more easily let things go or that you can look at things more objectively than being so emotionally attached to everything that happens Um, so you know, especially when it comes to your own emotions and your own thoughts, when these things pop in your head, you can look at them with more of curiosity than uh, being like, this is who I am. You can see something Mm -hmm. happen and you can notice that it's happening. You know, you can notice what you're experiencing um, from a different point of view. Um, And, you know, yeah, just kind of realize that, yeah, your thoughts aren't yours. They're kind of coming from some (laughs) place.
1: Listening to Sam Harris do... A diatribe on how you don't own your thoughts and you don't control where they come from, and so you actually don't even have like free will over your mind. It's, pretty, it's like the wild, adult, it? inel- yeah, it's like the adult intellectual version of the first time you hear a kid say, "What if what you see is blue isn't the same as what I see is blue?" And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right,
2: exactly." I made the mistake of telling Everett that I'm that I'm part like I'm partially colorblind, nice. and uh, I made the mistake of telling him that, and he just uses it against me all the time. <laughs> like we're playing a game, and I'm like, "What color is the side of the dice?" Oh, Daddy, I forgot you're colorblind. That's purple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh my God, just owning me
1: in this game. Dang, but it's hilarious. Do, uh, the whole, you want to? You yeah. know how to get him back. This one, uh, this one got me good when I was a little kid. Tell him that whenever he's not looking, you're invisible. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I can turn invisible whenever you're not looking.
2: That, that'll <laughs> get him. That, that'll occupy him for a little while. <laughs> It'll mess yeah. him up
1: for about a year. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Because I've, I've always been, always been interested in like meditation. Because I think it's it, it seems. But then it also like it seems like, oh, this is so uh, – I still have to do it like in a room with the door closed because I'm so afraid Annie's going to like walk down and see me like – I don't know what my face looks like when I'm doing this. It probably looks super weird. like <laughs> I'm like self-conscious about it because it seems like – it seems hokey. Like I'm just – you know it seems like what, what is this? But then just like I thought therapy was kind of like, oh, you're just giving someone money to talk to you tell you the movies don't do it any justice but I can really see this I don't know I can feel it on a daily basis where instead of reacting to a feeling or an emotion or a thought I can actually feel myself thinking about that feeling emotion or thought prior to
1: letting it happen or overrun me you know what it makes me think of it's like the emotional version of charity And what I mean by that is, like, when you get to a place where you're completely comfortable of just letting go of your money to, like, give it to those in need, and you never really know what happens to that money, right? Like, you give it to a foundation, it's like, fingers crossed, and you hear about, like, cures and, like, people getting fed and, like, water in the Sudan, if that's a thing, I don't know. And and you're like, okay, great. Somebody somewhere probably dug a well. I think that's what happened. Or like this this kid is getting fed for seven pennies a day. Yeah. Fantastic. But once you can get past like all that uncertainty and just say, no, I'm committing to this. The actual benefit for you personally is you just aren't stressed out about your money as much. Like, you're at a place where you've decided you don't need to hoard everything, so you're battling that feeling of scarcity. And I think the the meditation thing, the thing I've always had trouble with, is, like, I'm really just going to sit here for 40 minutes? I got stuff I can do. Like, I consider myself a productive person. And to just, like, lose 30 minutes, to lose an hour? Ah so tough for me to do but if I could go ahead and get to a place where I just said like no I, I've got that hour I've got time for that then I'm actually beating the feeling of scarcity that like there's not enough time in my life because I, I literally have time to do nothing I have carved it out and I think that that's a big that's like a secret twist on why it's so good at de-stressing it's like whatever is stressing you out, it can wait. And if you do that every single day and you see that every single day the world did not fall apart, you start to realize that all these things that you think are urgent, not so urgent. They just felt urgent.
0: Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think also it's like one of those things where since you you're becoming more of an observer, you can notice yourself when you are being quote-unquote productive. And you can, I think personally – it's helped me make sure I'm focusing on the right things and not just the, the go, 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 busy, 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 knock out as many things as possible. It's helped me kind of take a step back and notice what I should be focusing on. Um, And it almost seems like that becoming like a, you know, an observer of, of, of these things has given me more time because it's, it's like things are moving in, in a little bit more slow motion, which is kind of hard to explain. But since, since you're not caught up in that, that rush, you, you, if you feel like you have more time and when you have, you have more time, you don't, you don't worry that you can't finish it all, that you, you, you feel like you will eventually finish it all. Um, It's also, I think the whole point of meditation is like, kind of let a lot of this stuff kind of just, you know, that kind of goes along with HRV training, kind of let this stuff kind of pass through you. Um, when I first started meditating, I used to leave my meditation sessions uh, really stressed out or in a bad mood. Um, and I, I learned that it was a lot of stuff that I hadn't processed starting to bubble up to the surface. Um, but once you've been doing it for a while, it's almost like you get to inbox zero, um, to where you process so much of this stuff that's deep deep down in your subconscious or or you know your or your body or wherever it is and so you kind of release these things that have been there forever forever including your thoughts like you watch your thoughts come come up you let it go you watch it come up you notice it you let it pass just like a cloud and eventually you get to a place where you're in the habit of letting those things go so that whether it's an emotion or whether it's a, a thought um, you are better at letting it pass through you rather than holding on to it um you know maybe something like pissed you off during the day instead of holding on to it like god that you know that that thing like just pissed me off earlier da da, da, da like this happened i'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of the day you've strengthened that muscle of letting it pass through you emotionally and and through your thoughts so you are in the habit of just letting it go like you because you you know what that feeling is like of of watching something bubbling up, noticing it, not attaching to it, and watching it go go by, just kind of like a cloud. I know that sounds super woo woo because now that I'm saying it out loud, I feel like it it sounds like that. But um, yeah, it's yeah, really it makes it's really like getting it's really like getting to inbox zero. Like you watch all this stuff bubble up, and you don't watch it with judgment. You just kind of watch it, uh, you know, without attaching to it, and then. Eventually not as much stuff pops up and you I don't know you feel a little more clear-headed because you don't have so much <clears throat> racing around. It's like it's like clearing like resetting your computer kind of in the morning or, or in the evening. Um, well think about the detriment process.
2: think about the detriment to not being able to do that like think about driving somewhere and someone cuts you off in traffic. you could and, I, and it's, I've done this like where I've carried that with me all day long. Like, it's yeah. like, it you know, it's it's the reason I was late for work, um you know, and it's it's like all it's like and then and then that puts me in a mood to then the next thing that happens. It's like, well, oh, this this is how this day is just going to go. Right. And so you completely just give yourself over and say, fine, the wor- the world will do to me what the world will do to me. And it's going to be a bad day if instead that that guy, that, that guy or or woman cuts you off and it's like, ooh that was dangerous. And then it's gone right then it's a it's a whole it's a whole different it can change your whole you're almost taking back control by letting go
1: that's if that makes any sense it does yeah it makes a ton of sense to me because i have often used like intellectual exploration of my stress to get a handle on it like if there's something that pops up as a fascination to me or something that bugs me like I do a ton of reading about it, I talk about it, and like eventually I have enough awareness of the thing that I've made the thing smaller. So like I take an idea that seemed like too big and cumbersome and I just hack away at it until it's like this small manageable thing. And that's like a strategy, but it's also a terrible strategy for having a lot of cumbersome things to work through. So like I keep a full inbox. And I have just adjusted my life to, hey Dust, you've got five hundred unread messages, and it's like, well, I'll work through them, and it's like the productive person's approach to managing their feelings, and I, I know it's not the best way. I know the best way would be like, be emotionally honest about your bandwidth. And just start letting go of these things that actually aren't that important. And when I say it that way, it sounds like it can just be a choice. Like, hey, you can just not worry about it. But to, to kind of short, take the shortcut on what Sam Harris says about these things, you actually don't get to choose what you think about. You know, your thoughts just come. And life just happens, and now you have all this stuff that is just like on your mind. you know you to Tommy's point, somebody cut you off in traffic. was it stressful? Was it not? It's different for every single person did you Did you grow up with a parent who every single time they got into the car, they were white knuckling it and yelling at like the cars around them for driving unsafely like you You probably have some like unresolved trauma. That like now is hitting you every day when you get in the car, and you just haven't really had a practice, right? So, I think all of that makes a a ton of sense to me. I need to, Tommy. I'm impressed with your seven day streak. I did it. I currently it, man. have z- I currently have zero meditative practice. Seven days, and I, I... have transcended, bro. <laughs>
2: That's all it takes. It does feel good. I mean, it feels good. Like, like I said, I mean, it, it seems like a weird thing. Um, and on, you know, on days that like Milo's not screaming in the background because he likes to get up early and like he just starts screaming. Like that's just what he does. He's not quiet. Like some babies kind of coo and they just kind of like make some noises and say words. <laughs> he's like he's gonna be the lead singer of, of like Under Oath, like some screamo band He just wakes up and he's just like <laughs> like gets after it. But uh, on days when I can get like five to ten minutes and it's like quiet and I can really focus on the breath, that's how I fall asleep. I mean, that's, you know, I fall asleep in like two minutes at night. But I literally just take like one big deep breath and one big exhale and then I just turn my mind, like I'm almost like watching a blank giant movie screen, and then I just breathe hard. Or not hard, but soft. I don't know how to say it. But I just breathe, like, very deep. And then, like, next thing I know, it's, like, you know, 2 a.m.
1: How long are these elite HRV classes, Ryan? You said, t- like, 20-ish minutes?
0: Yeah, so 20 minutes. This is what she recommends. 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. And it's a 10-week program that you follow. I I mean, you – there's tons of things out there that you could do that incorporate HRV. It's tons of free apps. Um, I personally just wanted to see how I felt after the 10 weeks. And, you know, after the 10 weeks are over, it'll it'll be just like these things we're talking about where it's a tool in the toolkit where I know a, an event's coming up, so I practice some HRV breathing, or I know, you know, something stressful has bothered me, I practice HRV. Uh, but they are 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening is what she recommends.
1: Well, what I'm thinking is if I can carve out the time for something... Actionable. That's like, oh, I can I can affect a metric here. Like knowing my own personality, like that's an easier thing for me to access than the oh, twenty minutes of just like sitting there and letting go. It's got to be gui- it's got to be guided. Otherwise, there's no.
0: <laughs> I mean, you are well, just watching I- a pacer and sitting there. You she recommends not watching TV, texting any of that while you're doing it because you you're. You're taking what the purpose of the exercise is, and kind of just like folks, you know, you're 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 putting in something different. You're having yeah. another input. You have a, you have a stimulus instead, of, instead the, of a yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, what I'm saying is, by having a metrics-driven activity, where I'll gotcha. I'll be just like watching this go, I can also accidentally create the practice of having this time. And I think after ten weeks of approach, like it's going to be. you know a somewhat easier transition maybe into doing some meditative stuff which i think is actually probably actually what i need i need something i think just a little just a little something
0: yeah i mean i think a lot of these things you know like our our tools like we're saying it's like someone that's maybe like super driven super on top of their metrics on top of everything might need a little more meditation where maybe someone who's you know, kind of sitting around, kind of lazy. Maybe they need more of a kick in the ass than like, you know, a ton of meditation. So it's one of those things where I think, um, I think, I think because the meditation is harder for you, I think that's why you should do it because it is so hard for you to sit for 20 minutes. That's why you should do it where I should probably start running because it's hard for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Maybe I should just give meditation a go. I'm going to break, guys. We're going into the weekly segments. Let's, Let's do it. it. Jinx. Wow. me a is, Coke. This is the highlight of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a Truly spontaneous jinx. Uh, before I read this question, I am willing to bet that Tommy Cooksey has no idea who David Lynch is. Tommy. Who is David Lynch?
2: I don't know who David Lynch is.
1: Nope. Do you know who he is? Tommy Dustin? does not know movies.
0: <laughs> he has the he has the best haircut out of any old man ever. Well, I, get, I mean, we're I talking get, about. I get triggered
2: uh, by talks of good haircuts.
1: <laughs> I always get him confused with David Fincher. Gotcha. Yeah. I
2: looked him up and I still don't even know who he is. But he does have fantastic hair. There is no. Were you a Twin
0: Peaks no fan, name. Dustin, or Eraserhead, Mulholland Drive, any of those? I
1: like Mulholland Drive. I never got into Twin Peaks. I feel like I, I should have. But by the time I became aware of, of David Lynch, Katie and I were already together. And I get so few like freaky or like scary adjacent things to watch because she's totally yeah. out. So it it's, has to be. It's like, weird. It yeah, gets it weird. has to just be me.
2: Yeah, I get that 100%. Yeah, I don't watch those movies either, so that explains
1: why I've never heard of this guy. (laughs) All right, question of the week, guys. What is an unpopular opinion of mine that I hesitate to share with others? For the cheap seats, what is an unpopular opinion of mine that I hesitate to share with others? This is from the We Are Not Really Strangers self-reflection edition for those who don't know how we do things here. Who's you know, going, we're over halfway through the pack.
0: Who's going first on this one?
2: I'm going to need one of y'all to lead off hit on this one because I'm still processing like where to take that.
0: I I thought about it for a while too because some unpopular opinions you don't want to say. Uh, That's why it's and, the
2: self-reflection edition, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, Challenging. I would say... This one might actually upset Tommy. Um my uh-huh. unpopular opinion. Uh I think music sounds way worse when it's live than uh when it's not live. Oh, I yeah. and I go to I've I go to a lot of concerts, been to music festivals, and I go to party with friends and be around groups of people. Um I think music generally sounds way better when you just listen to it on headphones or um on your computer. I think for the most part, music sounds pretty bad when it's live and it's almost like I think if, kind of annoying. <laughs> I think if you're just
1: talking about like just the music, just like yes. sound quality, Correct. yeah, like fidelity. Correct. Correct. Undeniable. But what about the soul?
0: No, no. I, I, I go for the energy of like the people around me, but I don't think the music itself is as enjoyable.
2: I don't disagree with you. Does not upset me. Ooh, I, I took. Come from I'm a totally guy who band. Yeah. We knew we sucked,
0: <laughs> but we had a but we had a
2: lot of fun doing it. A lot of fun. But yeah, it's definitely, if especially when it's not mixed right, if you don't have the right seats. But uh, you're right. It's it's the energy that comes from the from the live performance for sure.
0: Right.
1: There's so much that's like venue dependent. You know what amazed me, Tommy, when we went years ago, before they were cool, before Hey Ho was on the commercial, that tiny Lumineers concert. Local 506,
2: Chapel Hill.
0: Nice.
1: Unbelievable sound. They were just right for that venue. And then I saw them open up for Dave Matthews' band like five years later. That's a shame. And, uh, they did not fill an arena well
2: no their awful. their music is very empty like you want them playing kind of in your backyard i will say though i saw um city and color and the Avit brothers ryan in your backyard at uh, red rocks red rocks nice and and i will Love say that. That, the the, that the sound quality there is pretty phenomenal like we had it's really awesome. bad yeah. we had really bad seats and it's like if it wasn't for the fact that they look like little ants playing on stage, you, the sound was like you could hear every strum. You could hear every word. Like It was really – it was really good. Tom There's a theater, lot of thing Nobel about that venue Run.
0: with just the venue and like the view. Oh, and the view. Oh, my gosh. That may – I mean I've gone to see shows there that I don't even know the person that's playing. And it's been great because, because of the venue. I mean it's awesome.
2: It's, yeah. And but if you were like here's
0: too. a new album I want you to listen to front to back – I'd be like, let me listen to it on my headphones instead yeah. of seeing it live. What,
2: where do you where do you stand on live albums?
0: What, I don't know if I know what that is. What is a live album?
2: Like like oh, like a oh recorded... you mean like recorded? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, not, not like, like the ba- not like, like the band live. Oh, I mean, I feel like okay. usually they're like remastered, but I don't know. I think they sound as good. Like I don't know. Like if I was listening, but... I would rather obviously like seeing led zeppelin would be amazing because uh, how awesome their music is um i would rather listen to their original albums than a remaster than a than a live concert album though um yeah because i just think I the know. sound some live albums are better. unbelievable i i'm i'm this some, this like, is an unpopular me, opinion let, don't forget <laughs> Let me just drop two <laughs> and live I, and albums I, and I, that are definitely I'm sure better than recordings. All
2: the that's all right. We all do. That's, that's called being human. Uh, the Blink-182 Mark, Tom, and Travis show is arguably better than any of their actual albums. The other one is um, maybe not the whole album, but a couple songs on the Avett Brothers live at the Bojangles Coliseum. Uh, the nice. b- the ballad of uh, love and Where's
1: hate.
0: Where's that? Where's the book? That's uh, Bo- right,
2: Sam. Charlotte. Oh really? It's right. It's yeah, yeah. It's right. It's right between like Huntersville and downtown Charlotte. Yeah, oh, but sweet. the uh, if if I leave, m- let me make a pre recommendation. The ballad of love and hate on that album is exponential because the crowd is into it. He goes octaves higher. Anyway, I'm I'm. Div- I, I'm I'm dancing around it here, but I agree with you generally speaking. Live music is not as good as recorded music. I, I'll definitely it, get into that.
0: Yeah, and I I was group gonna repeat myself, but it's it's I'm strictly talking music because I yeah. am all for live shows. I yeah. go to them all the time and it's it's for the fun, not for the music. Like I'm not yeah. there to listen to music. I'm there it's to It's just sound. It's just the sound, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: we can't get we can't get by this without me just throwing out <laughs> the criminally unnamed live albums that should have been mentioned. One, Garth Brooks' Double Disc Live, <laughs> where, where you get only the live shout-outs that now might as well be part of the songs, like God Bless Chris Ledoux. Uh, probably Dave Matthews, Live at Luther College, acoustic sets. Um, and, you know, Johnny Cash. Live at Folsom Prison. I think there's something to live music. I'm going to say that qualifies as an unpopular opinion. Yeah. That was the goal, right? Okay. It, it, it was. Uh, my unpopular opinion is it's more about framing than anything. The thing I thought of when I, when I read this. Um, and that is that inequality is good. So this is a very, like, Gordon Gecko type of greed is good take here. It's, it's more about the spin. I think, uh, I think in recent times <coughs> we have really highlighted all the problems with inequality. And I'm not here to say that there aren't problems with inequality. Listeners of this podcast know I think there are. But for the most part, it is impossible to not have a hierarchical situation in any arrangement of community. It doesn't matter what happens. Like, You can take the a bunch of people who are organized around feeding the homeless, and one of those people will be the best at feeding the homeless, and one of those people will be the worst at feeding the homeless, and... everybody will look at that person who's the worst at it and be like, man, this person sucks. They're feeding the homeless, and yet they suck. I think that we probably err too often in the way that we've structured society about creating equality just because fairness is the easiest way to scale rules. So it's like, We take a bunch of second graders, and there are obviously some second graders that are way smarter than other second graders. And we just move them all along at the same pace. Like, consequences to either end of that spectrum be damned. We're going to give this kid an A and that kid a C. But, like, what's really the difference between an A and a C? Once you become an adult and you look back, maybe it's a little bit of, like, ego. But there's really no, no difference in what we're doing for this kid's abilities, right? So I don't want to uh, linger on this too long because maybe it's not an unpopular opinion. But I would like to see more inequality in society. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Sounds like somebody who's reading Brave New World. I am. I'm. I'm so out on socialization in general.
0: I haven't read that, but I've, I I need to read that.
1: We
2: we read it. So I took an honors uh, English class in high school, and we read it in high school. And talk about having no idea what the hell I was reading. Like we yeah. read that, and we read that uh, Animal Farm, and the Right Stuff. Those were the assigned readings for that year, and. I look back and I'm like, man, the right stuff was actually a pretty bomb ass book, but you know, I was just trying to get through it. Brave New World, talking about dystopian futures. I had no, I I didn't have the brain power to process. I'm like, dude, when is like, like, where where are my dicky pants? Like, where? I guess, when, when can I listen to my my Blink album? Like, I don't I don't want to talk about dystopian future world, but I really need to revisit that. Are you listening to it or are you reading it?
1: listening i've got about two hours left so it's not going to make it in time for my recommendation this week but you can be sure you're getting a recap oh yeah it'll be available again in like two days well,
2: once i'm finished with think which ryan have you read think think again think again uh i have adam not grant
0: mm-hmm. yeah. i i need to That's get on idea. the adam grant train i have not yeah, read he, it though.
2: he is fantastic He's fantastic, and that and I would Dusty's been shouting the praises of this book. I think you've listened to it twice. Really, um, I, I'm 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 I'm. Will not even I'm thinking probably a third of the way through, but I would still say that I'd recommend this as a reading for anybody in high school, college, and beyond. It should be ma- like mandatory reading. Anyway, okay. Uh, I don't I don't have anything serious for my unpopular opinion. So, but I'm just going to drop. What came to mind and that is that chick-fil-a is not the superior chicken sandwich whoa uh, I'm gonna who go is? with I'm gonna go with an old classic of mine maybe this is just some nostalgia creeping in but a Wendy's number seven will take will take a chi- I'll get that 10 times out of 10 before I get a chick-fil-a sandwich.
1: Unsubscribed. Very unpopular. I'm not here for this. <laughs> Very <laughs> well, you know, unpopular. Some
2: of us have inferior taste buds. Some Wendy's? of us have superior
0: taste.
1: Mm.
2: Man,
0: you can get frosty with the with the chicken sandwich too.
2: I might even dip a little bit of the chicken sandwich in the
1: frosty if I'm feeling bold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, Tommy, it's takes like this that make me wonder: Did we put all the Hawaiians on an island for a reason? <laughs> There's a scene from Family Guy
2: where it's like, yeah, you, you have a bad neighbor, but at least it's not a smelly Hawaiian. And I was like, oh my God! <laughs> I always thought being Hawaiian was cool, but I guess it's not that cool. <laughs> but I will say, I used to hate the waffle fries. I used to think they were just disgust, too much potato, too much potato. They really, they've really grown on me. I crave them all, more often than I should.
0: Your taste of mature. I want some now. It's a little late you for know, us. Thought... You,
1: you could still
2: get to what seven fifteen there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I might. I don't know. We'll see. If
2: that, that's still we'll that's still considered, th- that, that's within the norm. Like if Dusty and I went there at nine fifteen, it's like this is yeah. an unhealthy decision. I'm going to regret this at about one a.m. Yeah. You know when do you it were on first Sunday. coming
1: in. That's right. When you were first coming in with this uh, chicken sandwich take, I thought you were going to. <laughs> I thought you were going to throw out something really crazy like the McChicken. That's what I thought too.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say McChicken. I was like. No, the chicken is, he, is trash. <laughs> McChicken is trash.
1: <laughs> I was actually here to support that. Kind of like if you put some spin on it, like it's not even really a chicken sandwich. You know, no, it's some. It's if like you said Zaxby's, it is, that would have yeah,
2: been like it's a weird, weird thing. Anyway, maybe Zaxby's, but I don't know. Although I haven't had the KFC one. I haven't had the KFC one. I've heard the KFC one's really good, but KFCs are hard to come by down here in the South. They're, they're not as a plenty as they are. Other words. Yeah, bojangles though. It's too much fried chicken
1: There is Bojangles mm. There is it's Bojangles Alright Recommendations guys uh, Actually uh, real quick question Let's keep this one short um, Ryan you might have mentioned this to me On the side Have you noticed if eating later Like your big meals later Has any impact on your HRV Or am I making up That that might be a thing
0: Eating later has the biggest effect on all that stuff for me. Um, it messes up my sleep and HRV. Yes, for sure. Uh, I'm probably getting
1: two-thirds of my daily calories at dinner.
0: That That's just me personally, though. I mean, I measure. I notice. It is uh, consistently accurate that I, when I have a big meal late at night, it's going to mess up my sleep and my HRV. Um even more than like a glass or so of wine does.
2: I would I would agree right. with I don't know that's, about the HRV. That's just me for though. Me, Maybe I'm
0: eating too much meat or something. I don't know.
2: and anecdotally, I'm the same way. Like if I eat past six thirty, and I'm going to bed at you know nine thirty, ten o'clock, it's it's gonna impact my sleep for sure. Your I think mm-hmm. it's got to be something to do. And I again, I'm gonna sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't really. But your like your body's burning be first. I know. <laughs> you, your body is has to put in the work to burn the calories, which will then ultimately right. it's a chemical reaction, so it's raising your body temperature, which the ultimate goal to when you go to sleep is food, to yeah. yeah, your ultimate goal is to lower your body temperature before bed, so <sighs>
0: you gotta
2: Something adjust to that you gotta adjust that
1: IF timing. Are you about to, to go 30. eat
0: dinner, Dustin?
1: No, I eat I usually I finish before eight but like i'm still going to bed like an hour and a half later right mm-hmm. so my feeding window is noon
0: to eight but i just eat i think so two hours long. before bed supposed to be good i mean but i don't know like how do you feel you know like i it could just be me and what i'm eating
1: it's it's always tough for me to say because i sleep so hard no matter what like i'm a great sleeper <sighs> one of those once people. i get in bed one of those yeah. people yeah so it's so it's kind of tough for me to gauge but You know, I'll I'll toy with a few things, try to see what I can do with my baseline, but I just wanted to, I thought you'd said that, just wanted to double check, so. Recommendations. T-Bone. Keep it
2: simple. Uh, I'm going to say for 30 days, walk, run, jog a mile. Commit yourself to it. It's a great reminder that your body is all you need to move, and I think you'll find that it's got profound benefits, not only on your physical health, but your mental health. So, mm. as we're in the throes of the Run 21 with the Jog Father.
1: The Jog Father. How do you like that
2: nickname? Oh, I, I love like it. That. I good. love it. I like it so much. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I say. Move, move one mile a day. Go for a jog. If you can't jog, walk. If you can go faster than a jog, run.
1: I think we've talked about this before, but it's like once I was in about halfway into this, I was like, I really. Like, I don't really know Dylan well, personally. Uh, I'm friends with people who know him well, right? Yeah. But it's like, I'm invested in this guy enough now that it's time for me to get a nickname going for him. Because I have always connected with something a guy said to me in college one time, which is, if you don't have a nickname, no one gives a shit about you. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I don't want any guy that I talk to to feel that way about me. So I, like, I just got to throw some nicknames out there, even if they're cheesy. But the the awesome. Jogfather's pretty good. The Jogfather works. He is great. the reason. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, my recommendation. Um, this is light and easy. On Disney+, Plus, there is a charming new animated movie. Uh, and new depends on whether you're willing to pay for premium movies. I am not. I wait until they come with the streaming service. Raya and the Lash Dragon. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tommy who doesn't know movies, he's he's here for the uh, the animated stuff.
2: I definitely noticed an uptick in our uh, our TV bill one month because we we paid for the premium access. Woo! For Raya? What can I
0: say? I drink Topo Chico, <laughs> dude. I drink Tobachico. <laughs>
1: How much money does this guy <laughs> have,
0: Chico? And common projects. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I do the same, man. But yep.
1: But to uh, to elaborate on the recommendation, like it is a down the middle Joseph Campbell hero's journey plot. Like here's the world. Here's how it fell apart. Here is the mission to uh, bring bring the world back together to resurrect it. Um, you can scale a lot of different belief systems onto this thing. In some ways, it's it's very much like a uh, a Christianity metaphor. It's like the same thing as like, um, you know, here here was the higher being. Here's how they fell, and like the Pilgrim's Progress will bring them all back. in In some other ways, it's almost one for one like the avengers infinity stone saga like they're going to unite all these magical rocks and bring everybody back like there's nothing fancy on it from from that level but it is executed perfectly it is funny it moves great uh there's plenty of there's plenty of good theory if you like to watch your movies that way and if you don't and you just want something Fun. I'll say this that I don't usually say about movies, which is a weird thing for something that is a primarily visual art. It is one of the most beautiful movies I have looked at in a long time. The animation is a plus plus in my opinion. So it's uh you know, it's like an hour and forty five minutes. It's a great way to spend an evening. It's fantastic. What network was that on again? Disney Plus. The police. Police.
2: Disney's Disney's been dropping some bangers because I think if we look back to like let's say looks like we're lost episode maybe fourteen, wild guess. Mm. Soul cracked
1: the cracked the
2: recommendations.
1: I thought Soul was the best movie of twenty twenty. Soul was great. Don't disagree. Soul was awesome. Yeah, they're they're crushing. They've got all the best uh, the best collections. Like a better movie can come out from. Absolutely anywhere. But as far as just, like, the franchises, Pixar, MCU. They Star the, Wars, the right? Wide, mm-hmm. They got Star Wars. Like, it's just, it's a good service to have. Yeah.
0: Mandalorian is great.
2: Oh,
1: loved Mandalorian.
2: Guess what? <sighs> Haven't watched it.
0: <laughs> oh, it's good. Dude. Hey, man. I Yeah. That'd be good to know. watch with the kids, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It moves easily. Ryan, any
2: any recommendations?
0: Yeah, I think I think I've got a few. Uh, first, the HRV stuff. I would say Marie Lagos' book, um, Heart, Breath, Mind, and the Elite HRV app. Um, I would say Seth Rogen's book called Yearbook, collection of short stories, very funny, um, and then. Just coming from my bachelor party, I would say for the guys listening, don't, don't forget to schedule some time with your guy friends because it's, um, it's one of the most, it was, yeah, it's important. This was one of the most, uh, one of the best trips we've had. And yeah, just say, don't forget to, don't forget to get with your guy friends that even though like everyone's super busy now, um, as we get older. Love that. Such a good recommendation.
2: All right.
1: All well, I got to say. Dude,
2: great to spend time with right. you again, man. I can't wait to All do right it again, person, yeah. man. I know. We How do you s- feel
1: like this is... Sorry, I, was, I, was, I just wanted to squeeze it in. How do yeah, you feel like that? this has evolved since being the very first guest of this pod? I think you guys, guys are, like, are doing zero, awesome, man. Zero preparation in pod two, which is a long ways from the rap, the rap sheet of questions <laughs> oh, for yeah. pod one.
0: I think it's been awesome, man. I I think I've been listening to every episode. So I think it's great to see the consistency and because you're naturally going to improve just from doing it so much. And I like the variety of guests you have on. Um, I think you guys have been doing awesome. I I say, keep doing what you're doing and and please don't stop because I, I genuinely enjoy listening to the show, not just because you're both my friends, but because I, I get a lot out of it.
2: I appreciate that, man. Yeah, Are there any subjects kind. or topics or people that you'd say that's something I'm interested in,
0: man, there's so much. Uh, I mean, I really liked the real estate episode. Yeah. Um, let me see. I mean, let me think on that one because yeah. there's so, so many directions you can go and, uh, but I I mean, I think you both probably have people in your friend circle that, you know, that it would be interesting to talk to. I mean, even Dylan, like he's halfway through running a mile every day for a year. Maybe I'm afraid after, to jinx it. I want to. I know. Manda, yeah. I was going to say maybe it. after the year's over, he needs to tell that story some in some format um, yeah. oh, because yeah. he's posting on Instagram. But it's so awesome that so many people are like tagging on now. I would love to hear just the whole journey he went through in some kind of verbal conversation format. Um, I think it's like like a digital
1: Forrest Gump. He is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: If he's not Forrest Gump for Halloween, then uh, he's just wasted a whole year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, I don't know. We got to put together a jog father outfit. I've just, that's pretty
0: sweet. That's a good, that's a good one. Um,
2: I feel like it's got to be like a some, sort of, some sort of like velour, yeah, the chain, some yeah. Like the jog father. Not, some not Sean the, John man. like outfit or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> Sean John. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to run his last mile in some Adidas Adidas Superstars.
1: Mm. Anyway, hey, the Adidas Superstar, still an acceptable shoe. I know you have a pair, so I'm not touching that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think so. I think it can I mean, be pulled off. Adidas has been doing a lot of really cool stuff in the world of skateboarding. I think their skateboard shoes are awesome.
1: There you go.
2: I, think, I think the superstar. Yes. I think
0: the superstar, They're kind of looped yeah. in with like the classics. So I think. Yeah, yeah I was they'll never was thinking Chuck
2: Taylor's, classic Vans. I think I think they fit right there. Maybe
0: they're right. They're right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For a period of time, I was really aligning my fashion to whatever Dwayne the Rock Johnson was wearing. <laughs>
0: not getting those Under Armour shoes. <laughs>
1: You know I have a lot of Under Armour gear, not the shoes. Although uh, Instagram's been coming after me hard, as they do. So yeah, they're pretty. You know, I'm sure pretty sneaky. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before I break down. Yeah, Varga,
2: I was I, I sent Dusty a picture today. I'm just kind of scrolling through, and it's some company I never heard of, and it's uh, on the back. It just says something about the Lost Boys, and it's got like the um, you know like the little. Um, raccoon tail hat like from the disney movie and i'm like what the lo-, like nothing in my life is ever about lo- searching for the lost boys except for we talk about on the podcast so yeah
0: exactly yeah, i was gonna yeah. say it's it's gotta be from the pod yeah totally
2: totally yep all right guys i'm wrapping it dude appreciate it if we don't talk to you before then best of luck with the nuptials
0: thank you thank you yeah, both man. I've got um, just Coming like up. I mean maybe like five weeks left. Oh yeah, six weeks. I mean it's after Q four. I know that. Let, let me just oh, say so
2: that the our wedding day was probably the best day of my life.
1: Whoa! I That's mean awesome.
2: I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love the birth of my children too. Take that, Everett. <laughs> and, and that is that is that is a, in a different way such an amazing day. But the amount of, like, joy and fun of that weekend of your wedding, just soak it all in, dude. Be as present as you can. That's the only thing I can tell you. But yeah. don't be so present that you can't lose yourself in it. You know what I mean? Like,
0: Well, we're we're getting eloped, so it'll be very oh, different cool. from, you know, a big wedding, which we had originally planned on doing. Um, we're going to Santa Fe, New Mexico for a week, and we're eloping. And then when we come back, family will be waiting Um, and we'll celebrate with them here in Colorado, but the bachelor party was kind of, you know, seeing a lot of my close friends, unfortunately didn't get to see, not everyone can make, can make it. Yeah. Um, and Shelly's doing her bachelorette party in new Orleans, so we won't have a big wedding, but, um, I, um, I think it'll still be an awesome day and I I think I'll be pretty present. So since it'll just be us.
2: (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, the only, the only two people that need to be there are the ones that are there. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And oh, Dusty, can Dusty can probably edit all this. Dusty can probably edit all this back end banter out of the podcast. Oh yeah, I what, mean, whatever. It. I don't
0: care if people hear it. I mean, I'm. It's just. I'm very excited about it, and uh, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm very confident in in what I'm doing. Um, yeah, that I'm happy for you. Our decision. Super Thanks, happy guys. for you, man. Thank you, Dusty. <sighs> guys, always a pleasure. I'll talk to you next week. Dustin's tired. He's ready to go yeah. to
1: bed. <laughs> I know. Not, not until I. Uh, you know what? I was gonna do some work. Really? I think after this conversation, I'm just let gonna
2: it go, let dude. it go. It's gonna. It, it will it go, totally dude. disrupt your sleep if you try to do work tonight. I'm gonna let it go.
0: Gosh. Gotta let it go.
2: Here's the on the Buddha fix on the up.
0: podcast with us today. <laughs> don't wait, wait! Right, don't guys. blame me for Dustin not doing his work. <laughs> I'm, I want to be out of the left out of this.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to copy you on an email to my boss. Baga, yeah. and just no, but I, I
0: might interact with him at some point. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Let's not do that.
2: All right, fellas. It's been all good. Guys, it's great right, catching great night, up guys. with you both.
0: Yeah.